About 15 years ago, the youth minister I worked alongside, the Reverend Tony Stephen, wrote a sermon using words from hymns and popular songs to tell the story of God's love. It started this way. Your love is amazing, steady and unchanging. I could sing of your love forever. I will sing of love come down. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Hallelujah, your love makes me sing. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. I thought love was only true in fairy tales, meant for someone else but not for me. Love was out to get me, that's the way it seemed. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. Then he smiled at me, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Then I saw his face. Now I'm a believer. There's not a trace of doubt in my mind. And people smiled in recognition, not only because of the familiar titles and phrases, but because they knew he was speaking of God's love, a giving, sacrificial love. Love is one of those words that we use so much that it could be in danger of losing its real meaning, its real impact when we read it in Scripture mainly because we tend to use it in all sorts of other situations to describe how we're feeling about something. I love your hair. I love your new car. I love that you decided to paint that room all by yourself. I love that you took responsibility for your actions. I love my husband. I love dark chocolate. And hopefully when we say these things, people recognise that This love that we speak of is not always equal. Having said that, it could be that love is one of the most used and least understood words in our language. You see, English has only one word for love. On the other hand, Greek, the language of the New Testament, had several words to describe love. There is philia, which is the family and friendship kind of love. Then there is eros, which is romantic love and is about desire. And there is agape, which is the highest form of love because it's about choosing to love and doing something about it. And the love that we heard of in 1 Corinthians 13 is that kind of love. It's not a feeling. It's not about desire. Rather, this love is an action of the will that seeks the good of the other. It's not that feelings aren't part of love. They are part of love. It's just that they're only one part of it. When you read the list in 1 Corinthians 13, none of the words used are about feelings or desire. Most of them are verbs, action words. Most require something of us. Love hopes. Love believes. Love shows kindness. Love rejoices in truth. Love endures with patience. Agape. Self-giving, self-sacrificing, outward love. Love that is not based on receiving, but on giving without requiring something in return. It's out there, that kind of love. And if it wasn't, I think we would recognise that the world would be the poorer for it. Indeed, for many, it would be a very bleak place. Many spend their lives trying to convince people that they are important enough 
or successful enough or smart enough or talented enough or attractive enough or impressive enough or good enough to be loved by another person. But when it comes to God, he has a completely different set of standards. He loves us because of who he is and not because of who we are. And who is he? The Apostle John in his first letter writes this very simple sentence, God is love. Nearly every person named in the Bible had a list of mistakes and failures usually brought about by pushing God to the edge of their lives or in some cases right out of their lives, some in very spectacular ways. Yet the moment they turn back to God, he accepts them and goes on to use them in amazing ways to share and show his love. Psalm 16 and later in Matthew's Gospel, we are told how that love can be shown by standing up for the oppressed, by making sure none go hungry, that none are left to feel isolated, by helping those who can't see their worth discover it, by coming alongside those who are overwhelmed in life, by accepting those who are different from us, by ensuring the vulnerable are taken care of, by opposing evil in the world. Love occupies a central place in the Gospel. In fact, we are told that we will be judged on love. Not the romantic love that popular songs sing of, but love in action, our response to Christ's love and acceptance of us. Of all the commandments, the commandment to love is the most important because those who love unselfishly become agents of God's love. And that is the most important task in the world. As we go into this week, let's remember that love is not just a feeling. That love is an action. A choice to commit to investing in the good of the other person. And know too that you are loved. And go out into the world and find ways to show that love in action.